It's time we honor the biggest lie ever told, that if we made money as a business owner or hit a certain dollar amount, our problems would suddenly go away, right? My name is Cheryl Dorsey. I'm a data journalist, a tech founder, and a longtime entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and have done what feels like all the things. Yet I still wonder on a daily basis, am I doing this right? As entrepreneurs, we provide more time than we have, risk more money than most, and sell or are sold to more than we would like to admit. It's my mission through this show to give you a space to honor the powerful builder and CEO in you, even when sometimes it feels like no one should have left you in charge. Incredible work doesn't come without painful lessons. Welcome to I think I'm doing this right. So we've talked about this idea of failure, bumping your head up against against the wall so much in this journey, especially when you have no idea what it is that you're doing. Many of us don't necessarily have the resources to pay for an executive coach or attend some fancy program or go to some fancy school or go on some leadership journey to the mountains and you know do ceremonies with the shaman. So a lot of times the way to sort of cut your learning curve is through books. Remember, you don't have to go it alone. And there's so many different ideas and topics and people who share their experiences through books. I found it fascinating that Pew Research showed that nearly a quarter of adults have not read a full book in the last year alone. And we're missing out when we're not deep diving into books. And I understand a lot of folks have to listen to maybe books through Audible. You can download them um, from the library. But being able to sit with a book and to really read about someone's experience or their tips or their guides is really gonna give us that leg up and that superpower as we continue to embark on our journey. My mom and I would get up on Saturday mornings and go to Barnes and Noble. It was like my favorite field trip. And she would just leave me alone in the children's section and she would wander off and we'd both come home with all of these incredible books that we would read and talk about. And so I'm so grateful for that early exposure, knowing that I could learn almost anything that I wanted to learn in a book. So I want to talk about the five books that actually raised me in my entrepreneurial journey. So I want to talk about one of the first books that shaped me, and that's I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. Now, Maya Angelou published this book over 50 years ago, so well before many of us geriatric millennials were born. And I remember reading this book right before maybe the age of 13. And I remember learning Maya's story of being a young, unsure, uncertain young girl, walking through so many different points of trauma in her life and going through these very like nonlinear, very strange pathways into becoming who it is that she became and the mark that she left on the world. As we know, she transitioned a few years ago. Um, I was lucky to, to sit in on a luncheon with her uh, back in maybe like 2014, 2013, um, just, just about a year before she passed. And I remember how seen I felt in that book as a young black girl with dreams of being told in different aspects of society how I wasn't desired or I, I couldn't be um, this kind of version of myself because it did not exist. And I remember reading that book 
and feeling so empowered and inspired to do whatever it is that I wanted to do. I loved hearing about Maya Angelou's stories of the things that she built, the places and environments she visited, the poetry, the, the music, the dance, the hard parts, the, the happy parts, the joy, the pain, the struggle, all of those kinds of things. It was such a nuanced look at a woman's life who was completely imperfect, but became this incredible elder in voice and sense of wisdom that was teaching and reminding us that your journey matters at every point and you continue to have the ability to reinvent yourself. And those that early book showed me the power of ongoing reinvention. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that if you have not read I Know Where the Cage Bird Sings, you pick that up. So another book that truly, truly shaped my understanding of money and ability is I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. So I had a friend who gifted me this book in college. And I recall a group of my friends, you know, creating essentially a book club to read through this very like practical tips and advice. And what was interesting was reading this book at the heart of a recession when I had just left, I had just lost my job. I had been hustling so much throughout college, trying to figure out my next steps, staying on my mother's sofa, you know, trying to just pay my monthly student loan payment and feeling completely discouraged about not having enough financial literacy or grounding in order to build the life that I knew I wanted to live. And Ramit's book really took me through this idea of automation, making working smarter, not harder, the basic principles of financial management and literacy. And he said in a way he was kind of a jerk, but at the same time, like it was more practical, it was more practical sense than some of the advice that we had been given. And I would watch Ramit's YouTube videos. Like after reading his book, I'm like, who is this guy? It's like, you know, this like young Indian kid, internet entrepreneur, you know, who's telling us how to interview, who's, you know, who's yelling at all these adults who are telling us to like save our latte money and to stop buying avocado toast and just saying like, listen, live your rich life. What does your rich life look like? How do you prioritize? And even to this day, I go back to that book. I go back to a lot of Ramit's early work. I go back to the, the email like newsletter that he sends out almost every single day and realize like the practicality of not just the management of money, but how we think about how, man, how money influences the way we design our lives. And that has helped me so much in business to better understand that the systems we set up for ourselves help to determine our success. As I started to think about the kind of leader I want to be and how much starting something doesn't necessarily make you a leader or automatically make you a leader, you have to grow into your leadership journey. And I was gifted a book called The Road to Character by David Brooks. Now, David Brooks, for better or worse, can be a very controversial, you know, columnist and character. But the book itself was pretty enlightening. I mean, David talks about the life of a nun who completely gave up everything to serve people. Um, he talks about everything from presidents to your kind of every ordinary, everyday ordinary neighbor. 
And this idea of sacrifice, this idea of ensuring that you are paving a pathway of integrity and of ethics. I actually want to read a quote um, from the book and the writing, and I thought it was so apropos to this idea of um, of, of moral morality and ethics and limiting beliefs. And it says, wisdom isn't a body of information. It's the moral quality of knowing what you don't know and figuring out a way to handle your ignorance, uncertainty, and limitation. And if that is not descriptive of the entrepreneurial journey in and of itself, like I do not know what is. I also love that the book talks about eulogy virtues. It is really thinking with the end in mind and looking at, well, what happens when we transition from this life? What, what, what can you say at the end? How did you live? What can people say about you as a leader? As not someone that just built something and created something, but how your life was representative of all the values that you believed. This also makes me think of the recent passing of Virgil Agblow and even Chadwick Boseman and some of these other figureheads who of course had accomplished these incredible things, but you see the outpouring of their mark on the world and on culture. You see the reverence paid to them for daring to play roles and be in environments and break barriers. And you hear the stories of how well they treated others, how much they poured into their communities, how much they poured into their families. And so I think a lot about that in terms of this idea of character and leadership and how that shapes our journey in entrepreneurship and how conscious we have to be about that shaping as we are building our companies from the ground up. Hey folks, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I hope you're getting all the gems and all the tools from the lessons here. I just wanted to make sure I took the time to tell you about my new book, Upper Hand, The Future of Work for the Rest of Us. You can get it wherever books are sold. In it, I dive into the roadmaps of helping you, your loved ones, students, mentees, communities really understand and define strategies for understanding the language of innovation, entrepreneurship, and what's ahead. It's built with pages of exercises, lists of free or low-cost education tools and certifications, and a full 10-page list of what jobs will define the future, the salaries of those jobs, and prerequisites. If you've ever felt overwhelmed about what you need to get started in the tech industry or simply need a bit of guidance on how to create opportunities for yourself, pick up Upper Hand today. I love going back to some of these core tenets of what this book talks about because we live in such an accessible, microwavable, quick kind of fix, you know, social media environment. A lot of look what I well, look what I have, look what I was able to purchase versus look who I became in this process. Look at how my values are governing exactly what I'm building. You know, I'm I'm from Seattle, so I definitely grew up in this like hippie granola we compost and recycle um, I was the only person like in my college dorm room that was like picking through the trash pulling out the recyclables and I think about the responsibility of leadership right it is what am I doing and creating so that it doesn't cause harm and as much good as there is of folks who are living their dreams and building these incredible companies and businesses there's also that side of folks who are 
taking advantage of people who are not being honest or they're being completely dishonest in what they're sharing and providing. And the responsibility, like how do you go to bed at night scamming people as part of your business? Like you've really built a business plan off of scamming people? Like that doesn't make any sense, even just from a sense of longevity. You know, I think about even in, in startup world, in, in tech world, it is always this idea of like move fast, break things. And when I think of folks like um, Tiffany Harden, whose idea around conscious hustle really embodies this holistic approach of, okay, we're not gonna move fast and break things. How do we move slowly and intentionally and build things? Build things that are gonna last. You know, build leaders that are gonna build other leaders. All of that for me is about being conscious of how we are shaping our journey as we're building, especially in a, in a time in a culture where either making the quick buck or building the community off of a bed of lies is so easy to do. How can you chart a pathway for yourself that is intentional, that is honest, that is full of integrity, even when you have to step back and say, listen, I can no longer be a part of this, I no longer agree with this, um, I have to pivot away from this because this is no longer who I am. That sense of vulnerability and that sense of authenticity, it still matters. I got a chance to read this incredible book called Build Your Dream Network, probably like in my later 20s. And as good as I thought I was at networking and building relationships, I didn't really consider it to be a skill that could be learned and developed. And so when I came across this book by J. Kelly Hoey, it was so fascinating that somebody put into words the actual formula for building your networking, your relationships, and how it shapes your career and how it shapes your journey, and ultimately your lifestyle design. And since then, Jay Kelly has been a mentor to me. It's a book that I pick up every single quarter. I'm always recommending this book and sending it to my mentees and especially to those who are either going to college or graduating from college and the art and the skill of relationships, interpersonal relationships, especially in an age where most of us are behind computers and through text messaging. It's a, it's a frank reminder of like, how do you engage with people on a level that builds a lasting connection or at least offers a mutually beneficial exchange? And I love this book because it takes you through exercises and it takes you through, through Kelly's story. But more important, it gives you actual guide and tools that are foolproof. It's, it, there's never gonna be a world in which we do not need to understand how the dynamics of interpersonal relationships work and we're always gonna to have to constantly be working on this, especially as leaders, especially the more exposed we are, especially as we're dealing with our team members and growing our companies and, and building our communities and building our mentorships and our advisors and, and working with investors. All of these skills are going to matter. And I remember like being in college and social media was just becoming a thing Building a public profile on a platform like a LinkedIn was still very new. Most of us had our blogs, right? Like either Blogspot or WordPress or something from that era that helped to essentially introduce you to the world before anyone ever met you. And I wish I would have had a book at the time called Build Your Dream Network because at times outside of my blog, it felt like, how do, I, how do I move from like where I am in my current peer space into new rooms and different rooms and challenging rooms and exciting rooms? And 
I kind of had to do a lot of trial and error of just showing up to places, having, you know, my business cards, because I was still always good for a good business card, and really build relationships with people who were far more ahead of me, or far much more advanced, or a lot older than me, and I didn't know what to say, I didn't know what to do, I didn't know how I could actually add value in those interactions. So. Picking up Build Your Dream Network is gonna be really critical and I highly, highly recommend it if, whether you're a master networker or not, there's always gonna be something to take away from going back to being thoughtful of how do I build my network? Every entrepreneur has to continuously be building their network, but you have to be intentional about it. So definitely be sure to pick that book up and also get it for like the young folks in your life because they're definitely gonna be losing out on this interpersonal relationship thing because of social media, because just of the day and age and what we're losing through not having these kind of one-on-one interactions. Hey folks, my new podcast is not the only place to get tips and gems and updates from me. You can also go to my website at shereldorsey.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter where I share thoughtful essays on productivity, innovation, business, as well as new projects I'm working on. I'd love to have you share this podcast and give me a shout on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or wherever you're being social these days. And if you're enjoying the content thus far, don't forget to leave your girl a review. Okay, now back to the show. Last but certainly not least, I have been trying to dive deep into books around changing my mindset around money. And money as a tool, money as a, as a healing mechanism, money for self-care, money for investment, just all of these things that before my mentality was so hyper-focused on scarcity. Again, I graduated from college in the middle of a recession. Everything felt like there wasn't enough. Things had failed, jobs were lost. You know, seeing people go from VPs at their company into managing retail or, you know, having to take up odd jobs. Like there just really was this climate as I was sort of walking into my adulthood where having enough was it was like a fight every day. Like it was just the hunger games. And as I look at the economic climate right now, I'm seeing a lot of that hysteria continue to to emerge. Even when I think about how my family, you know, spoke about money or didn't speak about money, there just wasn't a lot of knowledge around how do we leverage how do we leverage the resources that we have to continue to build more and to get more into um, into to creating the life that we want to live. Everything was about well, you know, I can't afford that or this is not in the budget or what have you. And not that those things weren't true. It's about the energy that we place on these things and some of the limiting beliefs we may have, be it from our childhoods, from trauma, from a sense of knowing what it feels like to not have it or to maybe hit some major pitfall in life. But I loved reading The Mindful Millionaire. And I think it's going to be a book that I'll revisit regularly. And it really walks you through what are all the limiting beliefs that you've had. So I love that this book walks you through childhood memories or associations with money, you know, those like pivotal moments, those core memories that you have that are related to your money story. And then it helps you to shape or reshape your perspectives in order to believe that you deserve, to believe that there is no such thing as lack or scarcity, and that you have the opportunity and the potential to attract the resources you need to live the life that you wanna live. 
And that's something that I'm consistently having to work on. And so the mindful millionaire, especially as you start to step into different levels of your business, as you start to see your revenue climb, the investments in your team pay off, you know, even just down to like hiring people. I remember going from, you know, only being able to afford to have contractors working part time on my business into hiring full time, having to figure out things like health insurance and now, you know, uh, 401ks and, you know, making these investments and not being afraid that like I'm going to be able to make payroll and just the the host of problems changing. Right. You know, as like what was the whole saying, you know, more money, more problems <laughs> like back in the day. It's just a different kind of problem. You're solving for a different kind of problem. And the Mindful Millionaire really, really talks you through, you know, just your belief system and changing your belief system and altering it so that you can handle some of these new levels of problems that you have. So I can talk about a million other books that have changed my life. I'm constantly attempting to learn from so many people who have been on this journey and I am never not reading, even if it's just 10 pages a day or a weekend of just binge reading, just trying to figure some things out and sort some things out for myself, continuously changing my perspective, you know, being able to dive into a book to help shape your thinking, to help shape your journey is so significant. And I hope that you do not miss out. In tech, we talk a lot about like, what is your tech stack? What are the things that you have adapted or adopted in order to build out your product? And for me, a content stack is even more important because as you, you're learning new language, new terminology, as you're growing your mindset, as you're leveling up, you're gonna have to tap into those resources that are readily available. And one of the things for me that changed around just even my money mindset was that, listen, like there is no budget for books. There's no questions asked. If there's a book that needs to be purchased or downloaded or you know, heading over to the library or what have you, like I need to get access to that information. Y'all, this entrepreneurship journey can get very, very lonely. And I'll be honest, like those days that I felt so incredibly unsure or I felt completely out of my depth, there was always some sort of a book or an author or someone telling their story and talking about their key failures that really let me know that, listen, this is just part of this process and you just have to keep on going. So whether you're picking up the books that I've recommended here on this episode or you have your own books, I do hope you you drop them and, and you know share them with me, DM me, let me know what you're reading, the things that you're learning. Part of it is staying curious and diving in and being okay with being vulnerable by tapping into others' vulnerability. And also just hopping offline, like grabbing a book, again, if it's just for 10 minutes, hopping outside, getting offline, shutting down your laptop, turning off you know, Twitter and Instagram and all these kinds of things and really diving in, giving yourself the privilege of just resting and being still and quieting your mind in order to learn. This entire process is a complete learning journey. So however you get it, <laughs> whether it's Amazon or independent bookstore, what have you, continue to invest in yourself by investing in your books. And it can be across categories, it can be across subjects. It doesn't have to just be business. It can be across literature and, and fiction and things that are gonna help the, the right and the left side of your brain just light on fire. It helps to short circuit the, the path, the path you have to take, you know, cut your learning curve in half sometimes 
And even if you just take away one good thing, that could completely transform how you build your journey. I can't wait for you all to share with me what you're learning if you decide to even pick these books up, what you're taking away from them. Also, even use tech to your advantage. Goodreads, Blinkist, all these things that help you to get to the core tenets of some really good books or recommendations, use them to your advantage. I'm excited for what you're gonna find, what you're gonna discover, and how you apply it to your entrepreneurship journey. Thanks again for joining me on this episode. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of I Think I'm Doing This Right. I hope this was your one hour to breathe, connect, relate, and realize you are not alone on one of the greatest self-development journeys there is to embark on, entrepreneurship. Make sure to share this with your other friends who are just trying to figure it out so more of us can have a safe space to learn as we grow. Until next week, remember, this journey is all about grit, grace, and gratitude.